Oh man, I'm trying to think of a uh, a name for the Battle of House Damon two tomorrow on Josh Brady. Uh I, I have I I want I always if it says two, I just always want to go to Electric Boogaloo, but I feel like that joke's been done too many times. Anyway. Uh, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Positivity Report. Josh McCuga here every single weekday, 9 a.m. Pacific, right here on the Good People Association. Uh, have an amazing show today. Uh, a good buddy that I haven't talked to in a very, very long time, just like a lot of friends that live far away that, you know, COVID and such has kept uh, at at distance, which is a real bummer. But Jared Petty, uh, I met through Kind of Funny. Awesome dude. Uh, I think... I was on the first episode of the movie show, the ranking show, where he was the judge. It was me versus Greg Miller up in uh, up in San Francisco. That was a lot of fun. We'll talk a little bit about that. He's a big video game guy. He's rank. He's doing a podcast where he's ranking the top 100 video games of all time. And every time he tweets out, and I'll, we'll get into this. But Jared's coming on. He's bald. He's beautiful. Uh, he lives in Raleigh, North Carolina now, just making the, the move across the country from San Fran to North Carolina. It's got to be a little bit of a culture shock, temperature shock for sure. Um, thank you all for joining us here on the Positivity Report. Uh, listen, the Kickstarter right now is crushing. We are, I'm so excited about how this is going right now. We have, let me look at, let me hold on real quick. We have 36 days to go. We have 205 backers. We have raised $14,730 for Futility, the actual game of living. Okay. Uh, Ikaika Shively, the Prince of the Islands, a low hot Friday. Um, the Hawaiian hunk, everything in between, uh, came up with a very fun idea. Even though it's been used by the San Jose Sharks, who my worst NHL experience ever in an away stadium was with the San Jose Sharks, uh, he made a pretty cool idea. So what we're going to do, uh, and Ikaika, you can describe this a little more, uh, maybe better than I can, is what we're going to do is in the Discord, if you are a member, or we can put it on this show, I will tweet it out, I will Instagram it out, and I will explain what we're thinking, is we're going to give you the Futility logo. Just the Futility, like the board game, the front board game itself. You can print it out. You can Photoshop it in there, whatever. And we want you to put it on things happening to you that you think would be amazing cards in Futility. So, like, let's just say you're in line at Starbucks, and you say your name is Josh, and they come back, and your name is Sasha or John, or something like that. Like poor Thad Williams, who just tells people his name is Jake. Or you're stuck in road construction and there's nobody doing anything. Everybody's just kind of hanging out and there's just cones on the road for no reason. Or, um, you know, you're allergic to nuts and you go to a vegan restaurant and they tell you you can't eat here. Things like that. We're going to print out the Futility logo. 206 backers, 14,770. Let's go. We're going to get to 15,000 by the end of today because tomorrow is this huge stream of Palooza 3 futility starting at 4 p.m. Pacific. We got a huge day tomorrow on the channel. Mark Ellis on the Positivity Report, okay? Then I'm going on uh, Only Stupid Answers with DJ and Roxy tomorrow. Uh, DJ Wooldridge, Roxy Stryer from about 10 to 11, 15, 11, 20. And then Josh Brady, Battle of House Damon 2 at 2 p.m. And then the Stream of Palooza 3, 4 p.m. We want to try and get over 20,000 for the Futility Kickstarter. We've got some of those 500 levels. If we get, if we reach all the 500 level uh, pledges, we're going to open two more. 
We've got all kinds of fun stuff planned. We got the bud. We've got the uh, light beer taste test with Mark Ellis. It's blind. It's going to be awesome. We might have a bourbon taste test. We got Kate Mulligan coming in. We got Perry Nemiroff coming in to play me one on one in beer pong. A team of undefeated humans has now been separated to see who is the actual better player in beer pong. There might be some chest waxing. Uh, there's probably going to be some beatbox dancing. There might be some karaoke. There's going to be some push-ups. There's going to be uh, so all kinds of things that you can earn to be more part of Futility, the actual game of living. The greatest board game that has yet to be produced. We're going to hit this Kickstarter goal. 30000 the first goal. Hit all those stretch goals. All those, all those expansion packs to make this thing a reality. Hit that QR code. Scan it. Tell some people about it. I believe we've got business cards showing up here in the next couple of days that I'm just going to be throwing all over the Los Angeles area. I'm just going to walk into bars, say, hey, be like, hey, I just want to put these around your bar, local coffee shops, local game board stores, board game stores, whatever the case may be. You guys need to tweet at Board Game Geek, at Kickstarter, at Dice Tower, like, hey, feature these guys. We, we put some ads up on Board Game Geek. I don't know if they're doing anything. The, the, the campaign, Steve, keeps growing. So we're rocking it. Ikaika Shiva, the Prince of the Islands, Low Hot Friday. I'm just a, a mind of ideas. How much does it cost to make like, like coasters for bars? Or just Way QR too code? expensive. Damn it. It's like $700 for a thousand coasters. I swear to God. Oh. I've looked into beer coasters. It's not cheap. It's like two, three hundred bucks. Because Maybe. I have wanted to do that for Josh McCuka for Jeopardy. I wanted to do that for Casual Mafia back in the day. I mean, they might be cheaper now. I haven't looked into it, but it's not. It's not as cheap as you think. Maybe we just tape the business card onto the <laughs> bar at, at Barney's Meanery. <laughs> they would let me do that. They would They would let me do it. Sheila Tona, Eric has been blasting it on his IG, too. Yep. And the amazing thing is that Shinedown at Shinedown Concerts has been putting the QR code on the big screen and at the merch table. So if you're at the thing, tell your Shinedown fans. If you're part of a Shinedown group, tell them to look for it. Um, David Taylor's, we doing public domain karaoke songs? I don't know, maybe. We get flagged, we get flagged. It's one friggin' video. Uh, no, I mean, send me some public domain songs. What? It's probably just Christmas songs. I'm not doing Christmas songs, I'll tell you that much. Um, uh, Kate Van D says, not even the cardboards. Uh, all of them are, for whatever reason, the beer coasters are very expensive. I don't know. But we're going to put that image, and we want you guys to take futility around, get creative with it. We don't care. Take it outside. Print it out. You Again, Photoshop it. Do whatever you want. Just spread the word of futility in a very fun, engaging way to tell people that you are a backer of the greatest board game that anyone will play. It's going to revolutionize game nights with your friends, your family, everything in between. Futility, the actual game of living. Let's go. All right. Let's get to our guest. Uh, we've kept him waiting long enough. Um, he is... He's just an... I, I will tell you what. You know when you meet somebody and you're like, this this guy. I like this guy. Right? Just a good dude, had some good conversations during those crazy, kind of funny, all-day, all-night live streams. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, the bald, the beautiful, the cigar-loving, Jared Petty. Let's, come on, look at him. Josh McCuga, thank you so much for welcoming me. Uh, Sir? And, uh, fresh off. Fresh off of backing Futility, the actual game of living. Are you, uh, are you, the, are you the 206th backer, Jared? 
I believe I might be. Let's see. I believe I might be. I've got to own a game called Futility. That's a fantastic (laughs) idea. I can't wait to play it. (laughs) Thank you, Thank you you for welcoming me today. I'm live here from Raleigh, North Carolina in my completely empty apartment. (laughs) Off camera on the right, there's a mattress on the floor. We've got a day bed on the other side of the room so my my wife can sleep on that. We have two folding chairs. We are ready to go. All my stuff's still in California. We don't know when it's getting here, but it's sunny outside it's lovely we've only yes. had three giant millipedes in the house so far it's great good to see you man. <laughs> dude welcome to that east coast bug scene it That's is right. it is for real it is for yep. real california we have spiders and those like desert bugs east coast you got the centipedes the the those like palmetto bugs it's a, it's oh. a scene Yes. At one of the most absurd moments of my entire life, a long yeah. time ago, I was a, a pastoral minister. I, I, I worked in churches as pastor. What? I could see that. Yeah. You're such a lovely yeah. dude. I would listen to you pastorize. Is that <laughs> no, I pastorized a bit. I, I, I pastorized more... for quite a while. Actually. Okay. Really enjoyed okay. It. I love it. But uh, one of the most absurd events of my life, I was pastoring in Florida. Okay. And I was at a church board meeting. Uh, <laughs> and there was an argument going on among all the elders of the church okay. about what kind of turds we were finding around the church, these little turds all over everything. And the argument between these people was about some people were in the rat turd camp, some people were in the mouse turd camp, and then some people were in the palmetto bug turd camp. Okay, And there was just this raucous argument. People were getting impassioned. And that was around the moment that I began to wonder if I needed to be pastoring anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 I, did we ever find out who, whose turds they were? The turd bugs? Palmetto board? bugs. It was palmetto bugs. It turds. was palmetto bugs. Man. Yeah. You were pastoring. Past- lizard turds too. You got a little lizards in Florida. But yeah, actually I grew up here in North Carolina. I so didn't know I, that. Re- yep. Yeah, return to my roots. I love it. Is your fa- Do you have a lot of family there in North Carolina still? Not anymore. No, okay. they've I, actually my my family's left. Okay, uh, so unfortunately, I don't have that. The family um, left. You came back. Strangers yeah. in the night, right? Uh, how's your wife taking the move? Um, my wife has taken the move really well. Actually, Good. she and I lived together in North Carolina before. Um, oh. That was something. Happened. Yeah, I, okay. uh, so Angie and I have been all over the place. Okay. We have lived. Many, 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 many places in our 20 years of marriage. Wow. And one of those was Statesville, North Carolina. We also lived with my parents for a few months right before we got married. We got married in North Carolina after college and before grad school. So did this is to, my Did you go to college in North Carolina? Third or fourth time here. Did you go to college in North Carolina? No. I went to college uh, in Florida and Indiana. Unbelievable. I tell you what. Here's the thing. I think I know Jared Petty. I think I know something about him. I th- I think he's just like born and bred Northern California, video game guy, all this kind of stuff. Nope. He's a pastor from North Carolina. <laughs> that- yeah, I was I was I was born in Alabama. Um, my fa- folks moved up to Ohio, then to DC, then <laughs> Carolina, which really kind of became home. I went to college in Florida, did grad school in Indiana. From Indiana, went back and pastored a church in Florida. Then Angie and I moved to Japan. We came back to Kentucky for a while. Went back to North Carolina. Then I broke into video games kind of by accident. Moved to California to do video games back in 2013. And just moved back here, take a new job with Limited Run Games, uh, making retro and indie games into physical media and cartridges. I'm going to start that job next month. So that's pretty exciting. Um, I've I've been really fortunate. I've gotten to do some stuff. I mean, it's been financially disastrous, and I will die in (laughs) poverty, but it's been a lot of fun. (laughs) So well said, my dude. The constant thing is, is uh, how close am I to financial ruin? Uh, It's the, it's the, it's the constant, that's, that's the tightrope walk there, Jared. It's close. Uh, (laughs) It's very, very close. Okay. So I, how, how does one go from 
being a pastor, because I'm gl- I'm guessing you majored in theology or something of mm-hmm. that nature. Okay. Yeah, I have an undergraduate degree in biblical studies, okay. um, and I have a, a graduate degree, a master's in theological studies. And biblical studies is the study of like source texting, biblical languages, yeah. exegesis, which is where you apply uh, higher criticism and context to scripture. You know, a lot of okay. people read the Bible like it's some kind of like magical prophetic book. It, it wasn't mm-hmm. written that way. It's it, when somebody just takes something out of context in it and says it, you miss a lot. You got to think about mm-hmm. who wrote it, okay. when they wrote it, who they were writing to, what comes before, what comes after, what was going on in the world at that time, what genre of writing it was, what genre conventions it was following, what cultural traditions it was dealing with, all of that. And that's a lot of what I studied in undergraduate. Then in grad school, largely I focused more on theology, which is more the esoteric stuff. That's the question Uh about how we think about God. It's the philosophical idea of, okay, so we've got this, you know, book that's one piece of information and we got all this extra biblical stuff, uh, uh, all kinds of everything from Sumerian to, to ballistic, like, uh, uh, creeds that, that, feed into scripture and inform the context it was coming from. How do we interpret all this? How do we turn it into something that's actually applicable to life? Okay. And so that's what I studied. Uh, did my degree in that. I pastored for five years um, wow. uh, in a couple of different traditions, uh, including the the Quaker church and also a, a, Quaker? a Baptist sect. Uh, I'm a sorry, Pens- I'm talking a lot. I'm no, no, no. I, I'm loving this. All of this. I, uh, I, I'm from Pennsylvania. So the Quaker thing, I know about that. You know, it's, it's a yeah. Quaker state. Um, okay. So you, you, no, no, you passed there for five years. You go from Quaker. Now, are you still a religious guy? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, okay. I left ministry, not out of any frustration, particularly with the, uh, with the work. Actually, yeah, there are times I really wish I were still doing it. Okay. Um, it was very hard on my family. Uh, uh it was very hard on my spouse. Um, okay. pastoral ministry in the groups I grew up in, at least, and the groups I pastored in can take a real toll on a family. Um, because unfortunately in many churches, it's kind of a two for one deal. They, they hire you, but they also expect the spouse to take on a lot of roles, do a lot Uh, of things, endure a lot of punishment, mm. smile and shake hands with somebody who was horrible to their spouse just a few days before. Mm. And my wife figured out she was just not having it. Uh Um, and I had to make a decision between my family and my vocation. Yeah. Um, and I chose ultimately my family. And that was actually for me a choice based on faith. Um, the idea is, look, if, I, if I'm not holding my family together, then what's all the rest of this right, mean? Right, right, um, right, right, right. Now, that still troubles me sometimes, frankly. If, I, if I'm being honest with you, I still have never been at peace with the decision, but I okay. live with it and okay. I've moved on from it. And it's given me new opportunities. But yeah, I'm still technically ordained. <laughs> like I, I, uh, I, I've never walked away from my faith. And um, it's changed and evolved over time, certainly. Okay. But I, I'd still describe myself as a fairly orthodox Christian. Wow. Uh, I, I, I'm not especially, um, not especially interested in, uh, in the horror of, of political Christianity. Yeah, I, sure, I, I'm sure, not sure, a MAGAite. Yeah. I, I don't sure. want to scream about, you know, uh, about how we need to turn our country into some kind of theocratic reality. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's horrible. I think theocracy is a, a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's a lot of, wonderful stuff in, in, in there and, uh, in that story of faith, uh, okay. I, I, you know, that whole, like treat other people like you'd want to be treated and love time. God and love others. And yeah. what's God wanting? He wants you to help other people. Like there's so much in scripture that's about 
you know, well, I could tell God I love him or I could just go like help somebody that needs help or be decent to people. Right. And that's what he really wants or what she or they or whatever, how you say it. Um, and yeah, that's a good foundation for, for my life. For it's life. helped me because I'm a person that struggles with, with mental health uh-huh. and, and with anger, extraordinary anger. Honestly, I'm, I'm a very angry person uh, and having that grounding huh. in believing there might be something bigger and better than me in the universe to look up to and to try to be like, sure. that's really powerful. It's, it's been a good influence for me. You know, we've had, I have, you know, co-hosts on here that aren't religious at all, that do not believe in certain things. And, you know, having you on here, uh, because I, you know, I've said it on here before, but I was raised very Catholic and, uh, my parents are still very Catholic, my dad, especially. And, you know, a lot of my family is as well. Um, I took a religious studies class in college. And here's my state school education, right? Um, and the thing that I learned the most was that every religion teaches you the same thing. Be good to your fellow man, the golden rule, right? And what you just said is how I like to show people my religion, whatever it is, is just being kind to one another, is going out there and and being charitable in my time and how I treat people and how I talk to people and uh, how I prefer to live my life is, you know, listening, learning, and and trying to make sure that the person that I'm talking to at the moment or what, that I'm with or meeting for the first time, that they walk away from meeting me having said, like, you know what, he's a good person. I would like him to be my friend, or I think he's a good listener. He would treat people like I would want to be treated. Hence the good people association, right? Exactly. I mean, you've, this is what you're doing in, in my eyes. I, I do not want to tell you your own purpose or your own mission, but in my eyes, what you do is a ministry. Um, and I, I think everybody's got to, and again, belief is so subjective. I believe, I don't know. I don't know if there's a God. Nobody I have no does. idea if yeah. there's a God. I, I just happen to believe it. And that's a very different thing. But along that same line of belief, my understanding and experience uh, of, of faith has been that for my belief, God's probably way more concerned with the fact that you are dedicating your life to helping other people mm-hmm. than he is for what you're professing and shouting about a particular theology. That right. You are walking the walk and it's in scripture and experience both that's generally way more powerful than talking the talk. Totally. People are always wanting to talk about And I, as a Christian, I think largely from the context of, of the scriptural version of Jesus we get. Right. People are always talking about what Jesus means. You know, Jesus died for my sins. Jesus was resurrected for my sins. That's like, yeah, sure. That's all important. But Jesus spent so much more of his time just talking about how to help people right. and be a decent human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he seemed to say, look, if you don't do that, none of the rest is real. Right. That's where I fall. Like, I, you know, and I'm, if I'm a heretic, I'm a heretic for Jesus. I can live <laughs> with that. I think that the, the, the translation, like you said, the theocracy of it, the, we've lost ourselves in that, in using religion sometime as a crutch to push forward ideals that may or may not be soul crushing uh they may or may not be wrong right do you know what i'm saying like using using your religion as a political maneuver is 100 percent wrong it is i I think that historically it's happened a billion times in christianity and some other religions yes 
I think I'm not, I'm not letting anybody off scot free here, <laughs> Jared. Nobody's off scot free. Every single one. Yeah, I, I'd, there's a there's a word um, from the Greek anathema. Anathema. Uh, it, 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 yeah, and we have it in English. You know, okay. and it, it just means something that is utterly, utterly sacrilege and broken. And I think theocracy, from almost any perspective on Christianity, that 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 touches on love and faith is anathema. Okay. It is theocracy is utterly dissonant from the message of divestment and humility that is at the heart of, of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And frankly, you know, people like to separate the new and old testaments as if the old Testament message is the same. Like I, I, the, the, various strains of Judaism have, have understood this long before Christianity came along. It is about, it is about the experience of the human to the human, not about trying to create some kind of magical super Jesus nation or God right. nation out there. And right. it's being used in, in reprehensible ways right now to justify extraordinary cruelties. I, I you yeah. know, I'm watching democracy collapse around me in my own country <laughs> it's and, really tough. for the sake of faith. And yeah. Yeah, I think about if I'd have stayed in ministry, and you know, a lot of the churches I'd have probably been kicked out by now, right? Um, right. Just for not going along with this stuff. Well, yeah, and uh, I think you know, pushing limits and asking questions is something that not enough people do. It's good to ask questions. Really questions is. are powerful. Yeah, questions are good. I mean, one of the things again, I, I hope I'm not sounding like you know now. I'm I love this conversation, man. I love it. I we okay. uh, you and I have have yet to have many deep conversations. So I, and, and I hate that I, that a lot of times and Ken and I talk about it. You've never met Ken Napsock. He's uh, one of my other, you know, co-owners of this, uh, this venture. Uh, he always talks about, he's like, I work so much. The only time I get to hang out with my friends is on podcasts and, or internet shows. And so, you know, having these honest conversations, I think is 100% very, very important for people to hear, but also, why I do this show because not every show has to be the same. I don't, not every show has to be some goofball thing. Let's talk about things that matter, but also let's talk about it in a way where everybody feels included. Yeah. I'm not absolutely. trying, to, I'm not trying to push people out of any which way because yeah, I, don't listen, I love my mom and dad. Do I agree with a lot of their religious views? No, at the moment mm -hmm. I do not. Um, and that goes with a lot of people. Um, and it doesn't, I, I couldn't care less what religion you are. If you are a nice human being, you can believe whatever you want to believe. If you're nice to me and you're nice to other people and you're doing charitable things and you're being what God, a God, or the overarching feeling of the world wants you to be as a good person, I'm okay with you. I, you there are, uh, you know, people love in Christianity. Sooner or later you have a conversation with anybody in American Christianity or British Christianity, they're going to bring up, C.S. Lewis, Jack Lewis, okay. uh, who was one of J.R.R. Tolkien's best friends. Yeah, uh, The two of them hung out at a bar together and talked theology with friends all the time. They had a club where they literally just hung out and drank and talked theology Sounds every awesome. week. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was their like hangout group. Yeah, Lewis, there's plenty of reasons to be critical of Lewis. There, there are things he, he wrote and things he said that I, I have real problems with. Okay, But something I love that he does say, uh, at one point, and actually one of his works of fiction, he, he's talking about a dichotomy between good and evil. Okay. Uh, he has sort of a, a, a Christological godly figure, and he has a sort of a satanic figure. Okay. And he's, this person is talking to the godlike figure, and his whole life he has worshipped the satanic figure uh, because it's where he grew up. It was his culture. Okay. But he's good and kind 
and loving. And he tried to be the best human being he could while worshiping that, that satanic icon. Mm -hmm. And the God figure says to him, look, you didn't worship him. You worshiped me. Nothing good belongs to him mm -hmm. and nothing bad belongs to me. Your whole life has belonged to me. It's been given to me. Uh, of course I knew you. I've known you and you've known me your whole life. You just, you know, we haven't actually had a conversation like this. Yeah. And I love that, that metaphor. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, you get into Satan and all that. That's an area of theology where like, I, I think Zoroastrianism is yeah. kind of largely screwed with that. I don't believe in a dualistic universe. And I'm pretty sure that, that the idea of there, there being a devil is kind of ridiculous, but uh, I do think good and evil are real yeah. and let's do good. So anyway, there's, there's the sermon. <laughs> there's the um, sermon. One there's another, theology. Uh, help other people, you know, I do want to, I want to oh, get to the point of uh, like how you got into video games, but I do have to give a shout out to our buddy, uh, the one that you know brought us together as humans. Uh, kind of funny, he's Greg Miller, who says, "Oof, Jared finally hit the bottom of the barrel for guest day, Josh." And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you've hit the bottom. Like this is this is. Just, I was shocked when you reached out. I was like, Josh can do better than me. Like, <laughs> no, I, I, come on, come on. You're I don't the even best. do this anymore. Like I have a hobby podcast, and yeah. and I, you know. That's kind of it. I, I haven't been a freelance content creator or or a, a well, showrunner really in a long time, other than Top One Hundred. But when you were, uh, you were great, Jared. So never oh. look back on it. Okay. And I will say one of my favorite things on Twitter is when you tweet out, "What's your forty third favorite video game of all time?" <laughs> and I'm like, ah, I don't know, Jared. Let me. And I love the responses that come in because I know that you already know where you're going with this. I already yeah. know that, right? Uh, and I always just want to respond. Like I will just pull out because at, you may not know this, and uh, but my video game knowledge stops right around Sega Genesis. And then okay. all of the like quintessential games from other platforms I know and have played, a la Mario Kart, uh, you know, Goldeneye, Halo, Twisted Metal, uh, you know, Final Fantasy. All of these games I know of and have participated in, but I wouldn't exactly call myself a video game guy. Yeah. So... When I speak to, you know, the guys that kind of funny who know so much about video games and I follow them on Twitter the, and, you know, even my my technical engineer, Ikai Kashiva, the Hawaiian hunk, the Prince of the Islands, Aloha Friday, <laughs> he loves video games. And so I've been introduced to some of these video games while we've been doing this channel and through all of you guys have like, I, I get it. I get what I'm looking at and everybody like bug snacks and Animal Crossing and my brother works in video games and his kids love video games. So I know about it. But what I don't know, Jared, is what my 43rd favorite video game is all time. And I will always just respond with like Mario 2. Like, right? Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. That's a great pick for the 43rd best video game of all time, by the way. <laughs> Mario 2 is superb. That's, that's actually, a, I kind of wish I had picked that for come that. Come on. Yeah, the, the show's gimmick. It's, it's the top 100 games podcast. Yeah. And, you know, here's here's the, the self-serving spiel. Go to your favorite podcast service. It's on Spotify. It's on Stitcher. It's on Apple Podcasts. Sure. Just look for that, top 100 games podcast. Mm -hmm. But the, the shtick is pretty fun. Sure. Um, we have a different guest every week. Mm -hmm. And the guest picks the game. So we started at 100. What's the yes. 100th greatest game of all time? And with absolutely no deliberation, that guest comes on and for whatever criteria they want, 
picks the 100 greatest game, and that's it. Game Boy Golf. I'll give you one. Exactly. So if you were the guest that week, it's Game Boy Golf. Okay. Which actually is a pretty good game. It's not And a very historically important game. Okay. Uh, It's hard. The courses are uh, insane, but it's inspired me to want to own a golf course. So maybe there, that, that's that. You know, I, oh, what would you uh, what would you call your golf course, Josh? Well, uh, Jared, I've got an incredible idea for a golf course, uh, and I'm afraid to say it on air because I feel like okay. somebody might take it. But we, I have been talking to people because that's eventually like th- uh, that's where I see myself in 20 years is after I've done all of this and everything I tr- try and want to do. And if I'm still hosting Jeopardy, I could still host, uh, you know own a golf course. But um, I. I want to own a course that is friendly to everybody. Uh, we have a membership option simply for some of the gimmicks, but it is a gimmicky golf course. It still holds the true values of golf, but also goes in along with like how I look at golf. Uh, and, and I'll kind of leave it at that. But it's like it it will have a video game aspect to it, Jared. I will tell this you that. This is so way. esoteric. Yes. I am intrigued. Exactly. Yep. I'm intrigued yep. by this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you play, um, you were mentioning Game Boy Golf. Do you play golf video games? Oh, I love them. That's probably my favorite video games. The Tiger Woods Golf on EA when it first came out, and then the Masters editions, I think, are the two greatest video games of all time. Did you play the latest Mario Golf? I lo- we played it at the office. It's amazing. Oh, it's awesome. so much fun. It Fantastic. incorporates my favorite things, which is Mario Kart and golf. Golf. You want them together. It's Come just on. Mario Kart's always been great ever since like yes. NES Open. I just love the, the Mario Golf games. They're, and they're fantastic. They're fantastic. And my idea for a golf game is it's golf cart racing. Okay. So you're racing golf carts around famous golf courses. However, here's your twist, Jared, is in order to get a neck from like level up you're in a zombie apocalypse so you have to you have to hit zombies with golf balls like you have to get out of your cart run hit a golf ball in order to kill the zombies in order to make it to the next famous courses because we have somehow penned in zombies in golf courses and now we've we've corralled them but now we need people to kill them to run over the, okay are you familiar with the Atari 7800 classic ninja golf no, I am not. But damn it, that sounds amazing. Okay, the Atari 7800 was this largely failed video game console. It, yeah. it was designed by Atari and it was supposed to be released in 1984. It was actually quite powerful and interesting okay. uh, when it was developed. But Atari was purchased by a guy that wanted to make computers instead, and he shelved it. So they had warehouses full of these things. When the NES blew up, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, we've got all these video game systems. Let's offload them. Yeah. And actually, they sold quite a few of them. Okay. It had almost no original games because the NES was eating up the market. Totally. But there were a very, very few exclusives. And one of them, and the most notable of all, is Ninja Golf. Okay. Which is a golf game where you play a classic, like, you know, little metery, like, golf yeah. driving game. Then, after you hit the ball, it turns into a side-scrolling brawler where you're a ninja <laughs> fighting your way. Oh, there it is. The yep. So that's the second part. Now you're fighting your way as you walk to the hole because you don't have a golf cart. Sure, sure, you sure. You battle ninjas and other things. Then you turns back into golf and when you get to the green, there's a boss fight where you battle a dragon in like like first person and then you hit the ball in the hole and then you go to the next hole. It's 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 sublime. Oh my yep, there, God. There's, there's putting right there. Yes. See, now this yeah. is what I'm talking about, is incorporating multiple games into one golf kind of situation. Now, my golf course won't have dragons. I mean, it'd be awesome if we did. Uh, but 
my actual golf course, you won't have to compete. But there is an aspect, because my dad and I talk about it all the time, is how cool would it be if at night, when the golf course closes, now I would love to have it lit so you could play all hours of the night, because I think that golf stopping oh. when the sun goes down is an act, is an absolute travesty. Um, is you you then let people come in and soup up golf carts and race them on the golf cart path. But it's only time trials, Jared. It's not actual like this kind of racing because the paths aren't lo- the paths aren't long enough. It's always a, just a time trial. <laughs> so you do golf cart. There's a certain Hank Hill like like uh, uh, aspect to that with Damn like it, like Bobby. lawnmower racing that I'm yes. just flashing to now. I yep. I want to play the zombie run over golf cart game. I, I want to man. See, I don't, I don't know any video game developers. Uh, I don't know. I just know people that work in video games like yourself, uh, like other people. And every person I'm pitching to is like, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Do you have any developers? Like, I don't know anybody. <laughs> I, I know some developers. We should talk to some people. Let's do it. All right. I know people who make video games. Here we you go. Know Craig Miller. How do you not know any developers? Well, I've asked them a couple of times, but old Captain Kickass chiming in here who says, and I quote, remember when this guy tricked me into giving him a, him a show and then he quit? <laughs> that's, uh, that's true. Uh, that's that, true. That is in fact and what happened. I, remember, uh, I was on like the first episode, right? Yeah. And yeah. then I quit. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, and... I mean, I've asked him, and he's like, he's like, I know some developers, and then there hasn't been any kind of follow-up. And I'm not calling Greg Miller out, but you know what? You're a coward, Greg. Introduce me to some developers. Yeah, I, I really do think you ought to do that. <laughs> uh, you know, he's he's got those connections. You got you got to what you got to do. I've learned if you want to get Greg to do stuff for you, is you got to mail him cookies uh, every few months. I found these delicious cookies food. he really likes, and every now yeah. and then I mail them to him, and mm-hmm. that's that's how I. You just really got to bribe him. I think that's so. Okay. Mail him some delicious cookies. And and you make it you make it a little farther with it. That's my guess. Okay, Go he's actually food. very fairly easy to bribe. He comes he comes along cheap. Yeah, I think. I mean, we all know. I mean, he posts half the time about Jen and his soon to be baby, which I'm very happy for him. And the other half is about food. And then there's like one percent video games, basically, <laughs> and or just making yeah. fun of Andy Cortez. I, so <laughs> you know, we're being mean to that guy, but I love that human being. This yeah, is the positivity the best. report. He's the like, best. I just want to gush over those guys for a second. Like, yeah, nobody in my life has ever been better to me than that bunch of, of knuckleheads. So true. Um, just the best. That whole crew, everybody in that building. Yeah. Just bless them. They're wonderful. Yeah, I agree, man. Okay, so you're a pastor, and I got to give a shout-out yeah. to our buddy, Kind of Cool Greg, who says Josh is a fake gamer. Yeah, no, I will 100% agree with that. I love video games. I'm not good at them, and I don't play them. Oh, my All gosh. Often. Okay, so... And I and I would love to create my own video game so that I could play it. It's like what uh, I forget the famous author that says, "I don't read; I only read what I write." I don't know who <laughs> said that, but it's somebody famous. It's like it's not Shakespeare, but somebody in that realm. Uh, but so you're a pastor. Then how does one get into video games from being a pastor? Were you like at the church and you're like, "I think I need me to make a video game where I beat people with Bibles"? No, I don't know. I mean, absolutely. Actually, that sounds like an amazing idea for a video game. There's, there's a wonderful, wonderful uh, video game called uh, Oh, is it is it Twelve Second Gospel? It's like like the controls are like left, right, and do Jesus things where, yeah, where you yeah. run to the right and like you're like healing people and feeding beggars and yes. like like walking on water. And the whole game takes like twelve seconds. Yeah, yeah, love yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> love it. It's a it's an app. I love that. It's game. a quick app. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a real game. I go go find it. Uh, it's totally <laughs> worth playing. But. Um, so before video games, video games were never the plan. It was okay. complete. Act. I love video games. I love playing them. Mm-hmm. But since childhood, like once I, you know, once I decided to be a pastor, mm-hmm. I just, 
never thought I was going to work in the industry. When I was a little kid, you asked me what I wanted to do. I wanted to make video games, of course, you know, because yeah. that was the best thing in the world. My earliest memories are video game related. Like, I, I, I'll i go down that mania sometime, but I want to answer your question instead of talking about being a baby that loves video games. <laughs> um, I'm still a baby that loves video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so <laughs> when my wife and I had finished at our second congregation, yeah. we were in our late 20s. Okay. And we looked at each other and we said, okay, so we had all these ideas for adventures. We want to have all these things we said we're going to do. My wife and I got married very young. We were like okay. 22. We Whoa. Married. Well, when yeah. you know, you know. You fall in love, you get married. Yeah, that's a whole other story. And she's still we'll, with we'll you, which is amazing. Time. So, it, it, you know, it worked out. We've been together 20 years now. Look at uh, you. But, uh, Unbelievable. Uh, I still like her pretty well. Uh, I think she likes me. <laughs> Good. So that's, that's, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> is she but, in the um, background like? So we went, okay, what are we going to do? What okay. are we going to do? Yeah. And we said, we've never done any of these things we said we were going to do. You don't really want to go to another church right now. Um, so we said, here's a good idea. Let's move to Japan and teach English. I love that. We're like, we never had that adventure we said we were going to have. Okay. So we contacted some people that had done it that were friends of ours. And a few months later, we were in Japan teaching English. When and in for the next... In Tokyo, oh, in in no, oh. no, in the Japanese countryside, in the mountains, oh, that's up in amazing. a small town. That's so awesome! I love that. I Which, love that. I mean, Tokyo is my favorite city in the world. Tokyo okay. is incredible, sure. but I would not trade living in that small mountain town and that experience for anything. That's I feel so like cool. I get to live a different experience than most people that visit Japan. Yeah, uh, spending several years in this this just marvelous laid back yeah. version of Japan okay. um, where people show up late for things sometimes <laughs> and people are more chill yeah. and the concerns are, you know, yeah. you're driving down the road and it's rice paddies on both sides on mountain roads. And there's so like cool. Japanese stuckies over here on one side. And, and there's this mountain range of snow cap peaks on the other. And, and it was just a beautiful experience. So cool. um, I love the cities and I, and if you're going to Japan, yes, of course, go see Tokyo. But you know, go to Takayama too. Go go to go to Seki. Go to Kani. Go to Gifu. See rural Japan. So cool. and experience it. Um, sorry, yeah. I'm babbling. No, over no, no. Japan. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, forgive me if I'm on a delay or something. I felt like I was talking over you. For no, a second, no, so. not at all. I just want to know the name of the town that you lived in. I lived in a place called Seki. Seki, um, Seki is in Gifu. Uh, the Gifu Prefecture, right smack in the middle of Hokkaido, okay. uh, up uh, at the edge of the Japanese Alps. Wow. And so it was in the mountains. It was beautiful. It was cold in the winter. It was hot in the summer. The most beautiful autumns and springs I've ever seen. It's my favorite place on the planet Earth, and I would live there still if my wife would let me. Um, and I've never been happier. That's amazing. Um, it was my jam. Yes. It really was. I, I was a, a teacher. I liked teaching. I was good at it. You're a pastor. Huh? You're a pastor. So, I mean, it's a, it's a natural kind of, you know, it's a natural thing. You're teaching people day in and day out. It's just a different version of, of what you were doing. I agree. Yeah. Uh, and I worked with every, my youngest students were like four. My oldest students were in their seventies. Wow. Um, it was a great gig. But while I was there, mm -hmm. um, there was this English language magazine that ran out of Nagoya, which was the nearest big city. Mm -hmm. And just for fun, 
I started writing articles about arcade culture in Japan. Yeah. And thrift store video games in Japan. Okay. And just sending this magazine for fun. And I, I like writing. I always have. Mm-hmm. And I did that a few times. And I was like, man, I'm having a good time with this. And then there was a contest that the old, um, the old oneup.com ran uh, uh, a writing contest. And I was like, oh, why not? And I, I wrote this cute little thing and I didn't win, but I got the attention of some of the editors there okay. and they started throwing me three freelance work. And I was like, suddenly I'm writing about video games for money, mostly guides. Yeah. And then little review stuff and little, and I just kept doing it during my whole time in Japan. And then when I got back to the States, I just kept doing it. And then the one up work led to work at GameSpy which led to work at IGN, mm-hmm. which led to, and, you know, I went back to the States. I was actually very deeply depressed when we got back. I wasn't oh, happy sorry, about man. being back. I hated my job. I was working at that point as a network engineer, mm-hmm. which is another career of mine. Um, <laughs> You're mad, and man. yeah, I was working for a, a 911 services vendor building networks. Anyway, um, I hated it. And the video game stuff was a lot of fun and it was an escape from the frustration. And I was getting better and better at it. And then just out of nowhere, I'll never forget this. Um, I'm at vacation Bible school. Okay. In my, the church I grew up in, I am dressed as St. Paul in like the faint robe and okay. the little sash. Sure. And I've just been teaching a bunch of kids at the little Bible school. Okay. Like, which is just the silliest thing. Sure. Uh, summer vacation camp. Love it. My phone rings. I'm dressed as St. Paul, and Sam Claiborne for IGN calls me and offers me a job in San Francisco. Amazing. So my wife and I talked, and she's like, you know what? Let's do it. So we moved. We stuffed everything we could in our Nissan Versa. Yeah, you did. And we drove across the country with what was in the Versa to an apartment we'd never seen up in Richmond, north of the city, and yeah. uh, started writing full time and I was just so lucky. Uh, it took me about three years of freelancing to break in. Okay. Um, and it was a lot of fun. So that, I hope that's not too boring. A no, story, not at but. all. And you know, dude, I think the thing that, uh, I've learned most from you today is that you, you know, curveballs are kind of important in life. If you're not happy, you know, try and change your situation, work hard, do things that you love, um, do everything, you know, uh, experience things and never, I don't want to say settle, but never just like do it because that's what you were supposed to do, right? Do it because you love it and do it because you want to chase something. I mean, that's what I've done. I, I, and it has its ups and downs. Yeah. Uh, the downside is, I mean, I really do. I was joking earlier about dying in poverty, but I really may. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm not kidding. I mean, this decision, these decisions have not been good for stability. Um, you know, I may never own a home. I may never, you know, uh, there, there's, there's things that are are very difficult. And along with the choices have come, you know, about a year after I moved to San Francisco, my wife and I were hit by a drunk driver. Uh, She was disabled for the rest of her life by that. uh, Um, there, she was out of work for three years. Uh, she's in chronic pain for the rest of her life. We, during that time, IGN just stepped up and, and helped me in so many ways. I was in constant peril of, of just, you know, dying of lack of money. Friends, the kind of funny people, lots of other human beings came together and helped me, raised money, lifted me up, changed my life. So people came man. together. You talk about positivity reports. Yeah. I mean, I was literally saved. I was going insane. Yeah. I, I was, I hate using that word. That's the wrong word. I, I was 
cracking. Um, I was in a great mental duress and people reached out and saved me. And, you know, and then I, I got through that, but I became hypervigilant trying to take care of my spouse. A few years later, I had a complete mental breakdown. I ended up in a mental hospital for a few weeks. Um, you know, and yet during that whole time, I was writing about video games, podcasting, hanging out with the kind of funny guys who helped me, by the way, after that mental breakdown sure. a lot, um, working on Star Wars for a while, which was freaking incredible. Oh, that's amazing. Um, you know, got a chance to be a, a pro copywriter and and, and um, did some work for a while at Google and on and on, just did all kinds of different things. And those things went together. Because you're the positivity report, right? I mean, I believe in grounded positivity. Yeah. I think you do too. Sure. Life is hard. It's tough, man. It's cruel. Yep. I was born with a screwed up brain. I have chronic clinical depression. It's treatable. It's not curable. Yeah. It's tough. I'm sad and angry all the time. And I live a extraordinary life of opportunities and great joys. Yeah, man. And that's a both part of who I am. Dude. And I think that's the story for most of us a lot of the time. I agree, man. I think, uh, you know what you're saying here, very, very powerful, man. Um, and I'm, j- I'm proud to know you and I am, uh, I don't know, man. I, like I said at the beginning is like when you meet people and they're your people, uh, you stay in touch and you and you just love them, respect them, and want nothing but the best for them. And that's what I want for you, buddy. Um, because I love you, man. I think you're amazing and an amazing, amazing person. You're very, you're very kind and very effusive. I appreciate that, and I'm honored to be here. It just meant a lot to be invited. I, I like playing. You know, like I said I'm a narcissist, so you stick a camera <laughs> and point it at me and say I want to talk to you. I'm like, yay! And this is this is fun. But you know, start a new chapter in life. Like I said I'm going to limited run, and yeah. got to make uh, make some fun games. I making a fun podcast. I think I have some freedom again to create more things. Uh, having switched jobs, I'm going to be able to do more of this kind of thing and maybe more of my own stuff again. Yeah. So that's exciting. Um, I don't, you know, I don't have any big announcements to make, but <laughs> I'll certainly hit you up and be like, have me back on so I can tell people about my stuff. And, you know, yes. uh, dude, I, uh, I thank you so much for being here and keep me posted on everything. Uh, can't wait to see what you do and, you know, uh, tell the people the name of the podcast and where they can find it. Obviously, again, I know you said it already in the episode, but just, you know, before we let you go. Yeah, it's a top 100 games podcast. Uh, you can find it on any podcast service by searching that. It'll yeah. pop up. Uh, whatever app you use, it's going to be there. And Spotify, if you can't find it anywhere else, you, you can always grab it there. That's that's that. You can follow me on Twitter, Petty, Jared, uh, P-E-T-T-Y-C-O-M-M-A-J-A-R-E-D, where I rant about video games, uh, say depressing things about politics, <laughs> and talk about esoteric stuff. Um, I love you, buddy. You're the best. You're the best pitch man in the business. Jared Petty, crush it, man. Keep crushing it. So happy for you. Give your wife my love, and we'll talk soon. Dokey dokey. Thank you, sir. Jared Petty, what a legend. Uh, The chat has been amazing today, um, and I appreciate everybody in here. Thank you all so much. Uh, Update on the futility. Let's see. 14,770, 206 backers. Come on. 14, 8, 10, 207. Let's go. Let's get to 15K by the end of the day because tomorrow, I can throw up that graphic. Tomorrow is the huge 
Stream of Palooza starting at 4 p.m. We're going to get over 20K after the Stream of Palooza. We're going to go as long as that takes. We're hitting all those $500 levels. We're doing all kinds of fun stuff. We've got a, it's going to be a, just a great night. So spend it with us. Uh, I got to give a shout out to our buddy, David Taylor, who's ch chimed in with a super chat. We have any Streamlabs, Ikeka? Do you got Streamlabs open? Um, Let me double check. David Taylor said, had so much fun at the Shinedown concert. Saw your t-shirt you posted. Love that you wore a Good People Association t-shirt. In Lincoln, Nebraska, Eric Bass and company crushed it. Highly recommend 10 out of 10 Shinedown. If you were at the Shinedown show and you saw our QR code at the merch table or on the big screens, uh, we appreciate you very, very much. If you're a first-time watcher of the show, we're here every single weekday. It's the Positivity Report right here on the Good People Association. Um... Let's do some videos that make me smile, and then we can get out of here because I have to go watch my baby because my wife is doing things today. Uh, today on the show, if you guys watch uh, the FCF show, twitch.tv slash FCF, they're at 3 p.m. And then the afternoons this afternoon, 4.30, myself, Ken, and we think Amanda virtually from home. I'll be, I'll be running back here to the studio to make it by 4.30 to be live on the mic with Ken, and then Amanda can pop in in between rosy naps. Uh... Hit it, Ikaika, for some videos. I'm also emailing you a picture, Ikaika. Alright, look at this girl's arm. This girl has a friggin' cannon. I don't care what gender you are. You can throw a football like that. You can play anywhere. Throw more female football. Let's go. This I can't. I, I'll tell you what. I don't throw a football that well. I guarantee you, do not. Cannon for an arm. And I don't know where that is, but it looks awesome. Like some farm. Like If you're thinking uh, it's kind of like League of Their Own when they go pick up Marla Hooch, and she's in that in Colorado, I think in like Colorado Springs, and she's like the best baseball player, and then John Lovitz doesn't want her because she's pretty, and then Dottie Henson isn't going to leave. That's an amazing scene. Put this girl on a field and watch her just throw dimes. Let's go. All right, what's next? All right, watch this waiter. Oh, come on. Come on. Look, the table stands up. Give him a cheer. Watch him coming out of here. Little slippery on the floor. Legend. Oh, kept, the, kept it. Kept it alive. That's just good hands right there. And I'm sending you an email, Ikeka. Uh, send it. Just, it has no subject, okay? Man, their reaction time is very late. I watch. know. Well, I think they didn't see him because they were paying attention to each other, but then he came around the corner, and he looked like... And this guy, his waiter buddy, who, if you see down in the front part of the screen, his waiter buddy, uh, who looks like he's busting a table, or, oh, no, he's handing plates to a table. He couldn't go help him. Uh, but, man, I don't know what restaurant this is. I want to go there. I just, I miss food so much. <laughs> this weight loss challenge is slowly Can breaking eat me tomorrow. Down. What do you mean? We could do some for stream Palooza. I'm not eating. I'm. We have a big weigh-in next Wednesday. I'm not cheating. I'm not cheating until after Wednesday, and then, you know, whatever. And then I kind of then I go back for the final weigh-in on the 28th. Is that when it is? 28th, 27th. Something like that. I don't know. Here we go. All right, we got one more, two more. Yeah, three more. Three more. Let's do it. This I, this just made me smile because I want to do this. I've always wanted to drive a Zamboni, and this is close. I'm going to come. I'm going to build a dirt track in my house with a remote control tractor. And I'm going to, this is just so oddly satisfying. This is the ASMR that Ken talks about. This is, I want to do this. This so is the bad. whole channel is this. It's just this. Yeah. This has 6 million views. Get out of here. You I, we Watch. need more of this. 
Do you know what that is? <laughs> it's got to be. Look at this. He's just digging. Oh, that looks so fun. Come on. I, I Rosie's in the trucks. I'm, I'm building her something like this. 100%. What is this? Oh, just, uh, pictures. just pictures. Okay. All right. What's next? All right. Look, this is an Echo Park. This is Los Angeles, everybody. Welcome to L.A. This dog is humping a tree halfway up a palm tree. I think he's trying to pull down the dead leaves. Look at him go. Look how yeah. high. Look how that dog can climb. That is insanity. All right, we got one more. Yeah. Listen for it. All right, look at this poor kid. Now he's just videotaping himself. <laughs> And he's just like, oh, no. Because I have done this before in a backyard. I'm telling you, I've done this before. Not in this particular backyard, but in a, in a backyard very similar where I hit a ball and you hear my mom come out because I hit the siding of the house. My mom come out and be like, that's enough! That poor kid. Like, he's just, listen, I'm going to hit these balls into the woods. I don't intend on hitting. Oh, no. And look at him watch it. Look at him watch it bounce. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, 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 no. That, oh, no. That feeling you're like, oh, oh no. And now I got to go tell my mom and my dad that I broke something and they're going to have to pay for it. That's that's what the feeling inside is. Is like and my mom and dad are going to be so mad because I just broke something. He's because they to told a story. Right? I know. Oh, yeah. And he probably, his parents probably told him don't hit golf balls in the backyard like this because something yeah. bad's going to happen. And then boom, shakalaka. Guess what? It does. <laughs> It does. That poor kid. Oh, man. And he's stalling, too, because he's probably looking around like, did anybody else see that? Do I have to tell anybody? They'll never know. They don't know that a kid's over here hitting golf balls. Oh, man. All right. Uh, let's go to that picture I sent you. I have to give you a second. I okay. couldn't do with what we were doing. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Positivity Report. Thank you for Super Chats for... Supporting the Kickstarter for Streamlabs, anything in between. Uh, we appreciate all of you. Um, you know, it life, like Jared said, life can be brutal sometimes. It can be really tough. And, um, you know, we're here every single day for you. You're having a tough one, pop in a chat, talk to us. I promise, I promise you I will try and make your day better. That's That's my goal every single day. Just like this. So I saw this yesterday. Tanks Good News is an amazing follow on Instagram. I would love to have Tank Sinatra on this show. Um, today, let's picture this one. Today, I've been sober for three years. The earrings I have on are two carat Tiffin Company. I pawned for $250 about five years ago. I didn't realize my mom knew I pawned them, but she paid to get them out before it was too late. She's held on to them since and gave them back today. Come on. If you're struggling with addiction, sobriety, um, every day is tough. Right? It's really tough. Uh, as somebody that has a lot of family members in my life that have dealt with addiction, um, friends, everybody, you know, every day is you wake up, you just get through that day. And that is what this woman is doing right now. And you, you know, sometimes parents lose faith in their kids when they are at their lowest and you're told do not enable them. Um, and it's really, really hard, obviously, for parents to want to do that. And the fact that this mom did that, Knowing and believing that her daughter could stay sober is the, is the amazing part of that story. And the amazing part of that story is that woman spending three years getting sober, doing the work, and her mom rewarding her and holding on to that every day, hoping and praying that her daughter does stay sober. And that's where we are. 
Uh, remember, every single day you choose positivity. It's an act of choice. Call somebody, text them, tell them you love them. It matters. It's way easier to love than hate. Find the good. We'll see you tomorrow.